welcome to Perspectives. Perspectives is a series of inspiring conversations with remarkable working women who are leading busy and successful lives. And today I'm really looking forward to talking with health, wellness, and weight loss expert and very savvy businesswoman herself, Liz Josephsberg. Liz, welcome. Thank you, Katie. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Anytime. Looking forward to this. So, I mean, here we are. Most people are home quite a bit <laughs> yeah. and uh, complaining about the COVID-15 as if it were the freshman 15, yeah. right? Yes, very much. It's been a, a rough time, I think, for people with their food food habits, for sure. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, you and I had, had talked in the past and I said, um, I used to travel for work all the time and working women are, were, are always saying, not just women, but, you know, saying it's so difficult when you're on the road, you're in restaurants all the time, you don't know what to eat or in airports. And now it's morphed into, it's so difficult because I'm home all the time, you know? It is so true. <laughs> and we, we, we fantasize about that old life when we were running around and had, you know, 15,000 steps a day because we were going to the train and going into the city and heading to the airport. And, you know, and now we're like, oh my God, it's so hard. Yeah, no, everything has changed so quickly uh, for people that I think the the COVID-15 is just something that has shocked a lot of people. You know, they expected um, to, you know, maybe struggle a little, but not as much as they are struggling, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, because also I think for so many people, food is just such a comfort, you know. Um, so let's let's dive in and start talking about some of the the tenants around Target 100. And I just want to say first, for people that haven't read your book or might not know you, um, although many, many people do, you've changed many people's lives with your eating plan, Target 100, and before that, as a celebrity coach with Weight Watchers. In fact, Jennifer Hudson wrote the foreword to your book. I know you helped her whole family lose weight, Katie Couric, Jessica Simpson, can we talk a little bit about this eating plan, your eating plan, Target 100, and why you created it? Sure. Um, so I guess I, I, I always like to tell people that I personally lost 65 pounds myself. I had a, a lifetime weight issue uh, that started when I was 14. I was put into a diet center, and that kicked off uh, basically just a yo-yo <laughs> beyond a yo-yo of 30 pounds and then 50 pounds and then 65 pounds at my heaviest several times um, up and down the scale. And I think that that perspective and the emotional and physical and um, personal pain that that put me in was the impetus for me to really kind of go into the weight loss space um, I, I ended up in the weight loss space after being a professional actress, believe it or not, which talk about a punishing weight life. Uh, <laughs> that was really difficult to have a weight issue as an actress and to be completely uh, beat up for it, you know, for years. And I think that that as well made me really interested in um, the weight the weight loss space. I I ended up working at Weight Watchers for eleven years. Um, 
basically playing every role there was to play within that company from customer all the way up into an executive position um, as as their uh, director of brand advocacy. I had, became their national spokesperson. I think that acting background really kind of keyed in on it. Um, after those 11 years, I spent the next six years working all around the world in weight loss, um, especially weight loss technology. I'm fascinated by data and by how everybody kind of wants and needs to learn what works for them and how, how technology is going to help turn the page on that. So, so those kind of like those 17 years in the weight loss industry and having been a, uh, you know, having battled weight my entire life. Um, I went and, you know, just studied and studied and studied to try to to see what was behind the curtain at, at, in the weight loss industry and why was it so unsuccessful? Why is it that when a woman signs up for a weight loss program like Weight Watchers and it doesn't work for her, does she not blame the company, but she blames herself instead that something's wrong with her, mm-hmm. right? It's the only it's the only product out there that that is like that. And so I really wanted to begin to explore the things that were uh, that there were a conundrum for me. Things like why, when I felt that I was doing, um, you know, doing something wrong, you know, say I I ate something that I thought I shouldn't eat. Did it make me overeat completely for the next few days? Uh, and kind of really researched the brain science behind why we do what we do and habit formation. So Target 100, the book, is sort of my answer to the weight loss industry and um, my take on the fact that the weight loss industry is all about food. It's like, hey, here's a let me slap a food plan on you. Let me not have you examine anything about your life or your your habit patterns or your behaviors or how you got to where you got to um, and just just eat these foods. Mm-hmm. And it's when you say it that way, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> it's so outrageously ridiculous that but but as women, I think especially we're we've been told for so long that we need to be doing something about this. You know, and and instead, um, I wanted to create a really loving, gentle um, to smart, uh, you know, kind of investigative, uh, look at the diet industry industry and give an, give, give people an answer to, you know, help them, um, make real progress in this. So target 100 looks at not just food. It looks at hydration. Uh, it looks at movement. So like your steps in a day, it also separates out movement and exercise. So it looks at exercise as well. And then we look at stress and sleep. So six pillars uh, that are all intricately involved in the weight loss system. So, I mean, now with stress at an all, all-time high, is that changing people being able, uh, besides if maybe the overeating part just to, you know, be because they're stressed, but in terms of that being one of the things that has to stay in check for really ultimate weight loss, um, what do you do about that? Yeah, I I have to say the two pillars that people are so shocked at are the stress and sleep, how much they are a piece of the weight loss equation. And if you don't get them right, you can do everything else right, but every it's not going to work. So the stress piece, I think, is really getting a lot of attention now. 
because people are beginning to understand that stress, when we're stressed, there's a physiological thing that takes place. There's a hormone release that actually makes us hungrier. And it doesn't make us hungrier for carrots. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it makes us hungrier for salt, sugar, and fat because salt, sugar, and fat release serotonin in the brain, which makes us feel better. So when I say to people that, you know, if you're overeating because you're stressed, there's a physiological reason you are actually hungrier. There's an emotional reason because the serotonin is actually taking the stress away for a short period of time. But what there is on the back end is this increased stress <laughs> at having eaten something you didn't want to be eating, having gained weight, feeling unhealthy, not having any energy. Um, you, the thing about stress is stress and what people are learning so keenly right now is that if you do not take care of your stress, the stress response keeps running in the background of your body. Mm -hmm. So these hormones that are getting released when you're stressed. So people have to take time out of their day to do something that de-stresses them. And that could be different. It, for, for me, it could be a 10 minute meditation. Whereas for you, it could be knitting. It could be, um, I just took a run that really, really does it for me. You know, whatever, whatever it does, you've got to stop it at least once a day, go in and actively shut it down. Otherwise it's just sort of running like, if you left the radio on or the sink on, you know, the, the faucet running. Well, let me ask you a question. If somebody is feeling stressed and they want a snack, are there some snacks you suggest? Or just forget about the stress part. Are there some snacks you suggest for people? You know, I think there's a really nice trajectory of if you're learning to reduce emotional eating, which stress eating is emotional eating. If you're learning that, I think the first step could be to replace poor food choices with better ones, right? To move the ball down mm -hmm. one inch to say, okay, I am, I'm going to get uh, a bag of sugar snap peas and a little uh, mini hummus or a mini guacamole. And I'm going to have that rather than dive into some chips and, or cookies or something like that. The thing is, is that Emotional eating is usually habitual. So the and a, a habit pattern is there's something that triggers a routine and that routine gives you a reward of some sort, right? Just like I said, you feel stressed, you eat some food, there's serotonin release, so you feel less stressed. So there's a trigger, there's a routine, and there's a reward. And we're just basically as humans, we're just going through these little um, cycles all day long. Just just 50 percent of what we do in a day are all just routines that we're not even present for. So often stress eating, once it becomes something that you begin to work at mm -hmm. and you like to the fridge for the baby carrots or, and maybe a guacamole, you're going to be like, I really don't want that even. because stress eating has nothing to do with hunger. Right. It has everything to do with with trying to change the way you feel. So so I think in answer to your question, yeah, you could, you could definitely move to a better food choice. Then I think you want to move to distraction and, or some new routine that does reduce the stress, just like the food does with the serotonin. So I, I often will say like, you, you know, go outside and just take, take your shoes off and put your feet in the grass, getting grounded, you know, like mm -hmm. some distracts your brain from the loop, the habit loop that it's in is like, and it's, it's powerful. Habit loops are powerful. And so I think there are, that's what target 100 is all about is teaching you that there are other ways and, and why things are happening. I think that's, there's a, 
an icon that I had drawn in the book about a woman who's being held by, you know, like a marionette, mm-hmm. like, you know, and, and, and being controlled by some master above her that she doesn't even know why she's doing what she's doing. Um, and, and finds herself in these ridiculous patterns over and over and over again that are not serving her. And I think that's what Target 100 is trying to help you to, to identify your habit loops and patterns and then give you the tools to break them rather than have you just slap a food plan on top of, of yourself and then have that 30 days be over and you have not learned anything about why you did what, what you've been doing mm-hmm. and how to break these patterns. So along those lines in terms of people doing what they've been doing, you know, during, I mentioned that during your time at Weight Watchers, you know, and now with your eating plan, you worked with many celebrities and people always think, well, you know, if I was a celebrity, I'd have a personal chef and I'd be skinny. I'd have a trainer. But is there one universal truth about why people, no matter if you're famous and you have your own personal chef or not, have such a hard time losing and keeping weight off? Yeah, I mean, honestly, again, I think that it's been so oversimplified. Uh, you know, it's this, oh, why don't you just eat less and move more, right? Like, I, I could cry, once you learn how deeply embedded some of these responses are and how, you know, I try to teach people, even just us as human animals, you know, we, anytime we see food, smell food, or talk about food, we're triggered to eat it. We have a secondary hunger system within us that was, was given to us to make us survive, right? So back in the day, if you, if you caught a woolly mammoth, you, you had to eat the whole woolly mammoth, even if you weren't hungry for it, because you didn't have a fridge, right? You didn't have, like, you, you had to overeat in order to, to survive. So that system, and we've all had it happen to us where we go to a, a, a restaurant and we feel like, oh my God, I couldn't eat another bite. And then they bring the, the dessert cart around. And all of a sudden, you've got a second stomach. It's the truth is that we, you know, the body, when it sees food, smells food, or talks about food, it wants to eat food. And so some of us, that response is much stronger than in others. So, I mean, not only is it that it's a physiological response, right, that we want to eat when we see food, and food is everywhere. They estimate we make 200 food decisions a day right now, 200 we are not going to win at 200 food decisions. So so those food decisions that are deeply embedded um, sort of hormonal responses of survival up against then layer on top of that, um, you know, learned behaviors from childhood, learned patterns of, you know, soothing emotions or celebrating happy things with food or sneak eating or whatever it is that you've learned and you've habitualized through your lifetime. So I I think it's just so much more complex. And when you look at somebody like, you know, a, a celebrity with all the money in the world and they have a trainer, you know, they, they have all the money in the world and the trainer can show up, but they don't have to go downstairs. You know, like that's, it's like, it comes down to finding out and being motivated and finding that motivation and finding that's again, what target 100 is about is like finding what works for you rather and following another, following a plan blindly take, you know, are you a person who likes to eat 
several times small meals a day or do you eat three meals a day? Do you like running or do you like yoga? Are you a vegetarian? Like making it very personalized and figuring out what works for you versus um, just kind of, again, blindly following some guidelines that have nothing to do with how your life goes. Okay, Liz. And what if it's your person who likes, I mean, asking for a friend? No, asking for me. What if you're a person who likes wine? That's my thing. I'm a true wino. So, you know, that's what you and I are going to have to, you know, meet up someday and actually have some wine together. Absolutely. Um, I am all about getting everything you want in life. And I believe in creating a program around what it is that's, that's important to you. And I find for women, you know, that's, that's what we do is lots of women. I mean, I work with most of my ladies on kind of making sure that they can have all the things that they want. Um, and you can definitely lose weight while drinking some wine. You can't have all the wine, but you can have some wine. So I think working around and, and, that again, like taking a, a plan that say it's like a really restrictive 30 day plan where you don't eat any grains and you don't drink any alcohol and you, you don't really learn anything from that. You just learn how to not do something. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you then learn to go to a party where you're offered some wine and manage it? So that's kind of what we work on in, in target 100 is like, okay, I, I can't have wine every single day and lose weight, but let me see how many glasses I can get away with. So one week we'll try, let's say five glasses of of wine in a week and we get good weight loss. Okay. Let's try six. Mm -hmm. Let's try seven. Let's try eight. Like keep going until you figure out where that threshold is. And the way that you figure that out is by using what I love to look at, which is data, right? So if you weigh in, you know, I love to encourage people to weigh in daily. I love to have them tracking their their food for, you know, periods of time. Um, I love to um, get them to wear a Fitbit and look at how many steps they're taking. I love to just really um, kind of get them to say like, okay, well, if I add an extra day of exercise, can, does that actually earn me uh, another glass of wine? You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's one of those things where I think investigating and finding out just what it is that you want to have. You know, some women don't care anything about alcohol. Um, cookies are their thing. So kind of uh, don't let, don't take it out. Learn how to manage it. That makes sense. And I have just one more question on eating and then I'd like to switch over a little, but, and that is intermittent fasting. Oh yeah. Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? I've been reading so much about that. It seems to be everywhere lately. It, it really is everywhere right now. Um, and I, you know, again, I'm such a fan of people finding out what works for them. I personally landed into intermittent fasting after being like, huh, really investigating my hunger signals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really was like, oh, you know, and I have a whole chapter in my book about breakfast, about how the entire diet industry is all about like one special interest, you know, after the next that sends out these messages about either how breakfast is the healthiest meal of the day. And then you can go and look at the research and, you know, 50% of the research is that breakfast is unhealthy. And then the other 50% is that it's the healthiest meal of the day. And that's the way you have to, you have to live to lose weight. 
So, so that like really led me to these decisions about like things like intermittent fasting. I think for like, personally, I just kind of stumbled on it as I investigated my own hunger signals. Right. So I was like, gosh, I'm eating breakfast because someone told me to, and I'm not really that hungry. It's really an annoying meal for me because I'm rushing around or I used to be rushing around, you know, rushing to the train, going to the city, getting two kids to school. Like, you know, I was like, God, it's like a chore. I was like, huh, I'm just going to see how I feel. I'll bring like a, a, some nuts along. And little by little, I realized like, oh gosh, I'm really much happier eating my first meal sometime between 1230 and one. So I think using and really listening to your body is great. The research around intermittent fasting is really interesting in terms of, you know, some of the health benefits that we're seeing. If you're doing it purely for weight loss, though, and you really are a person who is hungrier during the day, um, I see I see a couple of issues with it. Number one, I see people doing it again for weight loss, and they're believing that intermittent fasting will be the magic bullet, right? And they, without doing a ton of research, they say, they hear, oh, I, I just have to eat between, you know, 12 and eight, and I'll be fine. Then they use that, that window, that eating window to eat whatever they want. So it's not that eating in the window is magical. Mm -hmm. And that that somehow is going to make you lose weight. If you if you you still need to watch what you're eating in that that window, believe it or not, this is what I see more than anything is, oh, I thought I could eat whatever I wanted during that window. So, no, um, you can't. You've got to still watch what you're eating. Um, and I think watching out for, you know, that idea that, you know, because I didn't have breakfast, all my other meals can be big, bigger um, in that window right? Or getting overly hungry and overeating during that time as well. So I think there's a lot, a lot around it that you kind of have to take it again with, with some investigation of what works for you. Really, I have a ton of worksheets. My, my book is all about worksheets because I really believe you have to do some real introspection about like, huh, wow, am I just really crabby without breakfast and I, I don't function well at my job? And I have plenty of women who, if they skip breakfast, it is, I mean, whoa, you know? So I don't think it's right for everyone. I don't think it's a magic bullet. What I think, why it works and why you may see some weight loss initially is if you stopped eating at eight, where I see most, probably the number one weight loss issue that I run into with every single woman I work with is late night eating. It's just, you know, snacking in front of the television or, you know, eating when everybody goes to sleep or, you know, having a couple glasses of wine and then raiding the, the, the pantry after, you know, after dinner, <laughs> you know? So I think what the window does for women is they, they finally say like, oh, well, I can't eat anything after eight. And those really empty bad calories that they're taking in on the couch in front of Netflix, they get, uh -huh. they get cut back. So it's not that it was the magical eating window. It's that they stopped a behavior, which is my philosophy, is that we're just a bundle of behaviors. And I'd rather investigate my behavior than try to just slap a, 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 a formula on top of it, on top of myself. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I was laughing to myself because um, <laughs> we are doing, we are in the process of this huge home renovation. Oh wow. And which is kind of a crazy time, but we started it before um all COVID came to be. 
And um, unfortunately, one of the most disgusting side effects is that for a little while, although this seems to be under control now, is we'd have these little rats that, because we live in Miami Beach right near the water, that we're finding a way into our kitchen. So that that is also a way to not night eat if you're afraid of running into a critter you don't want to there see. There you go. But, Talk um, about a deterrent. Just get yourself some baby rats. But <laughs> I think it's better just to control yourself and not uh, not have that. So, you know, it's so interesting to me, everything that we're talking about, and I could just you know, stay on this topic. But I also want to talk about you as a businesswoman because you are an actress, like you had said at the beginning. But then out of this interest of yours, you created this great career first at Weight Watchers by really being, you know, in at places as they were developing as a company and then taking your interest and really developing your own thing. So could we talk about Target 100 and the way that you developed it and the things that you're doing around it to continue it as a business? Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just been so fascinating um, to grow this business. And yeah, I, as I say, I was an actress. I went to Weight Watchers to lose weight. I mean, I walked through the doors because after after walking away from acting, I let myself eat anything I wanted for a good period of time. And uh, that did not work out well for me. So I went to Weight Watchers to lose the weight. I, As I say, I just... It was something about the combination of where they were, where I was um, with the, you know, with my trajectory there and just how I rose into kind of becoming kind of a national um, national spokesperson for them and their celebrity weight loss expert. I and and then that experience of then going out and and when I was there, I, I love the company. I to this day love the company. I just realized I had become a Weight Watchers expert. And what I wanted to be was become a weight loss industry expert and and have this book and have this philosophy because I saw so many holes in what was happening in the weight loss industry in general. So I think I, I set about, you know, as I say, to write the book as almost I call it like a love letter, <laughs> a love letter to honestly, mostly to women, to be honest, because I think there's so much about the way that that we think about ourselves and our bodies and our weight mm -hmm. um, that is so punishing. I call it the mean girl. There's just like a mean girl that lives in all of us. And so Target 100, really the basis of it was that I, I realized that women were, and, and, and all people live in this guilt and shame cycle with weight loss. And the, the guilt and shame, Lee, actually, when we look at the brain under an MRI, guilt and shame actually activates the reward center. So when I would be at Weight Watchers and see a woman come in for a weigh-in and she'd say, oh, I'd had a good week. And then I, 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 I went to a party and I overate and I went over my points and that made me so upset that I ate for the next three days. I was like, why do we do that? Right. Mm -hmm. So this, this sort of brain science behind like, the guilt and shame and how it activates the brain and then how those chemicals get running. And um, I, I started to see that there were really important tenants around successful weight loss because I had all of these inputs from successful people around me. And I saw that, number one, they, they got accountability. They needed accountability and support. They needed to see this process in a new way. They needed to really eradicate guilt and shame and, and, and push into gratitude and try to really examine their own lives and create their, really create their own plan. So I wanted to give them the tools to do that. So after writing the book, I ran a pilot in my living room 
of 10 women. I just put it out on like a local Facebook group for moms. And I ran it uh, a 10 week follow target 100, which are these six pillars, right? In week one, we worked on nutrition in week two on hydration. Then we went to movement and exercise. We did this whole thing in my living room. And it was like these 10 ladies had huge success, huge. They lost over 10% of their body weight. They bonded like you wouldn't believe. We created a WhatsApp group. We created all of this communication throughout the week. We shared pictures of our meals. It was just such a moving experience. And I thought, my God, this is what, what needs to happen. And from there, I started groups. I, I turned my basement into a weight loss center and just started having local women come in groups between, you know, 12 and 20 people at a time. You know, then I went online about three years ago, I started using Zoom and started, you know, saying like, let's create these groups. And so I've started running um, these groups and, and just, it's unbelievable. People from around the world, the current group that I'm running, I've got people from London and I've got people in France and I've got people in South Africa. I've got, it's just incredible to see people come together and work through this process. So it's just been growing ever since. Um, and taking off. And now we're in the final stages of looking to raise uh, about $2 million to take this business to the next level, basically turning Target 100 into sort of the Peloton meets Netflix of weight loss, where there'll be kind of a delivery of a box of weight loss tools. So the right scale, the right water bottle, the right Fitbit, all working together along with sort of a Netflix type platform that will um, basically be on demand and live weight loss sessions with me and other incredible coaches across the world. Well, I think that sounds amazing. And I have to say, I mean, I first learned about you because of the incredible difference you made in my sister's life. And, um, you know, she's devoted to you. And I said, I have to talk to this woman. <laughs> so... So it's been it's been amazing to talk with you and I'd love to just end by asking you if you have one piece of advice that has really helped guide you through this incredible career and your life that you can share with us. Oh, I don't know. I think because we're because we're talking with women today and we are both women and we've surely had to go through a lot. I think um I've had amazing women in my life who have helped me along the way. I think taking help, um, asking for help when you don't know where the next step is to take um, and, and really just being vulnerable enough and having the right women in your life to um, really help you grow, I think is would be my biggest piece of advice um, at this moment, I think. Well, that's terrific advice. Liz, good luck with everything with Target 100. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you, Katie. This was a joy. Take care. Bye.